Hello, friends. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. I don't normally pop on the mic, record something, and then hit air, but that's what's happening today. I'm kind of excited. I thought it was time for a quick life update, and I want to talk about evening routines because it's something that I've been really studying, really focusing some time and energy on in the last several weeks. And I've learned some stuff. There's a lot of really good science out there about sleep and ensuring, or I guess I should say some strategies around getting better sleep. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, friends, just excited to be connecting with you all in this way. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You know, it's been almost two years of yoga magic and I just kind of can't believe it that we've come this far. It's growing so much and to see so many of you at the event um, a couple weeks ago, or I guess that was like last week, what is time? (laughs) We talked about moon rituals and it was just so fun to actually put a face to some of the people that I get to hear from regularly. It has been a wild ride over here at our household and you know, I, I love to put out tons of content and I love to share about cosmic self-care and connect with more people in just these unique ways, but we've been in a bit of survival mode and that just, I know a lot of you are feeling this, you know, I think we thought, okay, like the pandemic had sort of gone away and now it's back with a vengeance and schools are closing and we're just really tired. And I, I feel that. And it's hard because we want to go and do the things. We want to do the self-care. You know, we want, we want to fill up our cup. We want to work on projects that we're excited about. We want to enjoy our work, whatever that work is. And the reality of life has just been preventing that. So I guess I just want you to know that I'm in this just as much as you are. And that when I get into these tough spots or I feel like I'm a little bit depleted, I... I get to do even more study in self-care so that I can report back to you. And I've really learned a lot. Um, and it's it's definitely something that is, you know, it's a connection point. It's something that we all need. We all need to prioritize ourselves, even when it gets absolutely impossible to do that. So, you know, I'm about halfway through my pregnancy and this is the fourth time that I've done this. Um, I just, I'm, I'm honestly shocked at how different it is. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I think I've alluded to this before, but so when I was pregnant with my first, I was 29 years old. I was youthful. I didn't know, I didn't know how to compare it. You know, I was working a job where I was in teaching, you know, five, six yoga classes a week. So I was like physically really active and sleep, which we're going to talk about, wasn't really a problem because I was so physically tired by the end of the day, right? I'd just be running around and just exhausted and crash. And, and really my first pregnancy, I mean, most, my first two were really lovely. Um, I didn't, I don't love being pregnant. I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, it's like amazing. It's magic. I'm like, give me the baby. Love the baby. Don't love the pregnancy all that much. But this time around has been very different. I think probably because I'm older, right? I'm I'm 35 now. I was recently downgraded from the high risk category, which I'm very excited about. Um, I mean, I think pregnancy after a, a, a miscarriage is tough and pregnancy with two feisty, 
five and six year old at home or four and five year olds. I'm jumping the gun here. Um, at home while amongst a global pandemic has just been a lot. And I'm noticing that my emotions are, are where I'm seeing it show up the most. They're at times just really big and, and high. The highs are so high and then the lows get really low. And sometimes that can feel really scary, you know, where you're just like, I don't know what's happening in my body. I don't necessarily know how to control it. And so you know, I have my emergency toolkit of practices, meditation, some breath work. Um, I've been doing a lot more walking outside, getting into panoramic vision, which is so helpful at bringing your body back into the parasympathetic nervous system. And it is helping. Um, but I just, you know, (laughs) these are the best tests for all of you when I can do it myself, when I can be in some of these really tough spots to be able to share what works and what doesn't, at least for me. So, the good news is, is energetically, we're becoming more resilient. I was talking about this with somebody recently that we are, we know when we go through tough things, we become more resilient. We become stronger people. And that's what's happening right now. We're like, we're like lifting the weights so big right now that we're getting so buff. It's going to be amazing, right? when things start to feel more calm in our lives in whatever way, shape, or form that looks like. And maybe you're already there. Maybe you're already like, you know what? I'm moving on. We're going to be so much stronger. Our our spiritual practices, our self-care practices, our commitment to ourselves, our commitment to our families and to our values are, are just that much more solid. So this is good. Growth is good. And it's never easy, is it? Um, my kiddos are back at school now. So it's like, I can really put some time and energy into the stuff that's happening in yoga magic land. Um, I've got some fun events, hoping to just put out more content on Instagram and, and just free stuff that people can absorb. Luckily, um, I've been able to do tons of readings through the last several weeks. It's the beauty of, of zoom of like having, you know, (laughs) some time at home, I can just still connect with people. And so I hope that continues to grow during cosmic self-care one-on-one sessions where we dive into your birth chart and really get to know how to take care of yourself based on your astrological placements. And then also just birth chart readings. If you're new to astrology and you want to get a sense of like, what's in my chart, I love connecting in that way. Okay. That's my life update friends. Thank you for being interested in my life because sometimes I'm like, it's really not that exciting, but here it is. It's all, it connects us, right? It brings us together. Secondly, you know, there's a lot, this year isn't wildly challenging as it comes to astrology. It's actually kind of a chiller year. I mean, that Jupiter and Pisces, just that brings us a lot of, of abundance, a lot of positive energy. The Mars retrograde that's going to come up um, later in the year is definitely going to be something that will be challenging. But right now, just right now, February 15th, there's not a lot going on in the astrology sense. Nothing huge, right? Venus retrograde is done. Mars retrograde is, or not Mars, but um, Mercury retrograde is done. And there's we're just coming out of the shadow of those. So it's a great time to evaluate, like, what is your astrological baseline? What are, where are you at when you're not being impacted majorly by some large astro- astrology event? I will say uh, tomorrow is a Leo full moon. So that's definitely something if you are Leo or you have heavy fire in your chart, 
you might be feeling that a little bit more. Um, but over the next week or two, just do a quick check-in with yourself on what baseline feels like you for you in astrology, because then when things do come about, say the eclipses coming up, you can see how that feels different. So do a little journaling. I think it's a fun exercise to explore. I talked about Jupiter and Pisces. So Jupiter in Pisces is this magical return of the planet of luck and abundance to its home sign of Pisces. And this happens every 13 years. It's very just, I don't know, lucky, I guess you could say. There's just a lot of good energy. And you know, I've talked before, you can look up where is Pisces in your birth chart, which house is it in. When you're looking this up, make sure you're using whole sign houses, which is a house system that allows this to fall neatly into place. And you can see, oh, okay, Pisces is in my fifth house of creativity of children. Maybe this is a year where I start a family or I start a new project. For me, Jupiter and Pisces is in my 12th house. And this is very interesting. The 12th house, I mean, we could do like a whole conversation on 12th house, is basically the house of like hidden things, I guess, like things behind the scenes, things that we can't see. You know, this is our connection to spirituality or like a belief system. We, we believe in something, but we can't see it. And that's that 12th house. And what it's asking me to do is really evaluate rest, my connection to sleep, to that connection to the subconscious, to getting into these deeper states of of rejuvenation kind of feels appropriate, right? I mean, like preparing for lack of sleep coming up in the next year here that I would, I would almost like be in this obsessive state of sleep. And that's really what's been happening. And I've been studying it. I've been trying lots of things. I've been seeking out experts. I want to get a number of experts on the show to talk about sleep, better ways to sleep, um, why it's important, how it's connected to the spiritual world. And I've definitely learned a few things and I wanted to hop on here to share those with you and also give you some tips for each specific astrological sign on your evening routine. So I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I kind of feel like the evening routine is becoming the new morning routine, right? Like morning routines are key. I love them. And I'm hearing from more and more people that they're like, you know, I don't know. I don't like to get up early. You know, when I wake up, I just kind of want to move into my day or I want to like, you know, wear my jammies and hop on zoom and do my work. Right. And obviously that's anecdotal, but there's, there's a lot of freedom in an evening routine, partially because you know, we all have to wind down to go to bed at some point. And so the more that we can think about this and actually how it connects to the sleep, to the morning routine, it's all connected. Um, the more fun we can have with this. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't love a morning routine, this might be really fun for you to explore the evening part. And you know, what we know about sleep is that Essentially, I mean, from the minute you wake up, that's setting the tone for how your sleep quality will be in the evening. I know that's like kind of a lot of pressure, so don't don't worry. <laughs> but what what we do throughout the day really does impact our sleep. So if in those last hour, you know, that last hour of your day, you can set yourself up for deep restorative sleep, you are you're prioritizing your well being. I mean. I genuinely believe that sleep is the, the most important piece of self-care that we have because it it helps with mood, it helps with energy, it helps with digestion, it helps with 
mental health. I mean, these things really impact us on the long term. Sleep is so key. So here's what I've learned. The, you know, the things throughout the day that you can do to really help quality sleep. One of them is a super easy practice, and that's to get out in sunlight in the first if you can, 20 minutes of waking up, but even just sometime in the morning, I mean, literally getting outside five minutes of sunlight, that's it. And that sets your circadian rhythm into motion. I know it is freezing. I, it is 10 degrees most days here. And so I will bundle up and I'll get outside and maybe drink my coffee outside or like go for a walk. But there's so much data and science into that relationship of the, of the sun, of getting these light rays into our eyes triggers to the brain that chemical response. If you're interested in any of this, I'm going to link up an episode um, by with Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist at Stanford, who talks specifically about this relationship of vision and our well-being. It's, it's such an interesting listen. So that's the first thing. So if you can just get outside and get some sunlight into your eyes. Secondly, some movement throughout the day really does impact your sleep for the better. It doesn't have to be a lot, 20 minutes. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's gentle yoga flow. Maybe it's a Peloton app workout, whatever it is, 20 minutes of movement of any sort is going to be helpful in getting you more physically ready for sleep at the end of the day. So that's the during the day, because we're going to be talking mostly about evening. The evening routine is kind of this magical time where a few simple things can make a huge difference. Once it's that nighttime set up, um, you're like, okay, the kids are in bed. You have completed your work for the day. Maybe your partner is winding down as well. Now is that time to set yourself up for sleep. Number one, if you can try to complete eating a couple hours before bed. Um, So I like to finish eating. We eat kind of early. We eat between like five and six. So after that point, I stop eating. And what it does is helps our bodies digest and then not necessarily be like, processing that food as you're actually sleeping. So just, you know, ending your, your window of eating at a certain time so that you can prepare in that digestive sense for bed. Number two, turning the lights down, just like that morning vision, getting light into your eyes in the morning is so key. Getting low lighting at night tells the body to start creating melatonin and it, it gets you sleepy. It's, you know, it seems so simple, but we are so used to all sorts of light, you know, whether it be computers or TVs or just overhead lights, all of those impact our sleep. So for me, usually around 7.30 or 8, I'll start to turn the lights down, light a candle if I can. I'll put on my really unattractive blue light glasses. <laughs> They're like the red tint ones because they they block out all blue light. And it just... the the space starts to feel kind of sleepy. The thing, this the bougier thing that I do in my routine, and I don't get to it every night, and I don't know that it's possible for everybody, but if you can, try to take a shower or a bath about one to two hours before bed. And here's why. Your body will warm up, obviously, in the shower or the bath, and it gets relaxed, and it does all of this amazing things to your body. I'll link up an article on this about what's happening in the body. But when you get out of the bath or the shower at the, in the evening, your, your temperature immediately drops. And so 
what it triggers to the body is, is to get tired. And it really does make a difference. That's why when we talk about cold showers in the morning, cold showers, your body gets really cold in the shower, then you get out and it warms you up and you start to stimulate cortisol and you kind of get excited for the day on a hormonal level. This is the opposite. This is going to bring the body temperature down and it makes you really sleepy. So obviously not something you can, everyone can do every single night, but it doesn't have to be long. If you can take a five minute shower or you can do a a longer bath, like that's the, the goal, right? Next is, is clearing out any sort of technology or stimulating activities before you're actually falling asleep. So if you could put your phone at least an hour ahead of time away, put that phone away and really avoid sleeping with it in your room. There's so much data on what the, you know, the, the tendency to reach for our phones in the middle of the night does to our sleep, even just picking it up to look at the clock at 4am or 2am, that light will change the sleep cycle. It'll shift you out of that deeper distortive state. So when there is no temptation, when you don't have your phone in your room, you can't reach for it, right? So I've been just plugging my phone in downstairs for at least an hour or two before bed, and then I keep it there throughout the night. Every once in a while, I mean, I'm human. I'll look at it before bed just to make sure, you know, there's nothing emergency related. Um, If you aren't someone who can like, like if you need to have your phone in there because you're taking care of somebody or like, like often there's times where I'm like, if an emergency happened and like my parents needed me or something, I would need my phone. I will turn it on this like low light, um, sleep mode and I'll make sure that it's set down next to my bed. So like do what you need to do that you don't necessarily get that light exposure in the middle of the night. Friends, you remember back to last year, I aired an episode with my amazing integrative medicine doctor, Dr. Cassie Wilder of Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center. That was episode 82. Well, Dr. Cassie and her team literally changed my life and they helped me to start feeling good again. I had forgotten what that felt like. Because I was struggling so much with hormone imbalance, digestive issues, and really low energy, I tried every natural remedy in the book, but nothing was working. Then I started working with Dr. Cassie and her team, and I finally had solutions. They helped me clean up my gut, helped me with my acne, got my hormones in check, and my energy came back. I started to feel like myself again. What I love about integrative medicine is that they actually sit down with you. you They listen to you. They spend significant time with you. And your doctor talks through the struggles that you're experiencing and things that we can do right now to change that. And again, they really listen. My friends and other listeners of Yoga Magic have seen the Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center team for everything from hormonal imbalances, acne, anxiety, adrenal fatigue, and even just stress and burnout. So this team can help. And here's the best part. You can work with them virtually. If you have a busy schedule or simply aren't anywhere near Minneapolis, they've got you covered. Having personally worked with Dr. Cassie, Dr. Danielle, and their whole team, I cannot recommend Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center enough. So listen up, friends. Yoga Magic listeners will receive $50 off their new patient appointment with the code YOGAMAGIC through June 30th, 2022. To schedule an appointment, check out the link in the show notes and make sure to enter Yoga Magic into the referral code section to get $50 off your new patient appointment. This is a super good deal and it's a really great way to start 2022. So one more time, use the referral code YOGAMAGIC, one word, when you book a new patient appointment with Minneapolis Integrative Medicine Center. 
The last thing is that I have been setting aside downtime just to read a real book. And I've been doing this for a a long time, but the recent upgrade that I made is that I bought this amber reading light that attaches to your book so that I can turn down the lights completely in my room and just have it dark. And then the only light is just this amber non-blue light um, to light my book. And so I notice even after 10, 15 minutes that I get so tired. I'm so tired. I'm ready to fall asleep. And, and that's it. That's, it's really helping me get into this system of triggering to the body that it's time to sleep. You know, there's been, I've thought about sleep a lot lately. One, because I know that eventually soon that will be very tough to do with a newborn. And two, sleep is so attached to our our well-being, our mental health. And when we aren't getting good sleep, it does send us into some of these states that are really hard, you know, those anxiety moments or even, you know, depression when we're chronically underslept. It's very hard on the body. And just on a personal level, you know, pregnancy is often a hard time for people to fall asleep or to stay asleep is more of the issue. Having to go to the bathroom several times, you know, the body's doing all sorts of things at night. And so I'm just doing everything I can to ensure that I have as deep of sleep as I can get in this time. Is it perfect? No, I actually feel like I wake up kind of a lot. I have one of those aura rings and I can see how quality my sleep is. Um, if you're not familiar with these rings, they're pretty cool. They're, they'll tell you, you know, they'll show you your actual sleep cycle where you move into REM, you know, how much deep sleep you're getting and it'll show you when you wake up. And what's, what's interesting is that I don't, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't think that was a very good night of sleep. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, whoa, no, actually it was just fine. And it kind of feels like, oh, good. Okay. I'm a little bit of relief. Um, but my point is, is that you know, the, it doesn't have to feel perfect. You, you're not necessarily going to win at sleeping. Like, you know, we all have to go to the bathroom at some point in the middle of the night, or we have a kiddo waking us up, or we just have something on our mind and that's okay. But this commitment, this self-care commitment to, to sleep and to our, our priority of sleep is long-term really beneficial to all these other other systems in the body. And it's kind of fun, right? To have an evening of just wind down. You know, a lot of us are at home rather than like out socializing. <laughs> Maybe you are socializing, I'm jealous. But this time where you can set yourself up, be at home relaxed, and you have something to look forward to at night is is really, really special. So that's been my life, studying this the sleep data, get listening to tons of experts. I'm going to link up a few different resources. Um, if you go to the episode webpage, you'll see some additional resources on sleep, some podcast episodes that I've listened to, some experts that have lots of information as I am more, I'm not an expert in sleep. I am just someone experimenting and, and reporting back to you. I wanted to just give you guys some ideas for each astrological sign on ways that you can upgrade your evening routine. If you have these signs in your chart, maybe it's your sun, maybe it's your moon, or maybe you're just really heavy in this particular sign. Listen to these tips and and try them on, see how they go. As with anything, give them five days. And if it's like, nope, that's not for me, totally fine. Let it go. Five days is kind of that awesome spot of just of testing. 
Okay, so Aries, let's talk about Aries. Aries is the sign of the self. And that evaluation of, you know, connecting to intuition, connecting to the highest self at the end of the day can be really magnetic for an Aries. So doing a little bit of self-study, doing some journaling, asking yourself a question at the end of the night and saying, you know, asking your intuition to come up with the answer. Remember that intuition comes in very neutral. It's not going to be an emotional response. It's not going to be a big bombastic response. It's just very neutral. And that connection, that tapping into the self regularly at night is, is one of the best ways that Aries can use their magnetic um, manifestation power that they all have within them. Taurus, because Taurus is all about earthly pleasures, it's comfort and pleasure, really taking some time to build comfort into an evening routine will be key. And that might be fuzzy slippers, that might be a warm robe, that might be the aesthetic of the evening, right? So like putting a diffuser, you know, diffusing some lavender, turning lights down, setting up this earthly grounded experience for your nighttime routine is very Taurus. Gemini, because Gemini is so curious, is always learning new things, really social. Um, definitely reading at night is helpful for a Gemini, but maybe even just like visiting with a friend, having a conversation with your partner, um, having that part of you that's that can process, right? That can seek to understand um, at the end of the night. Obviously, you don't want to do anything overly stimulating, but just have that comfort of learning and connecting. Cancer. Cancer needs time at home. And, and I've talked about this many times. Cancer really is th- thrives at home. And you can set yourself up cancers to ensure that you have enough time at home in the evening. So that would be more, you know, deliberate about not planning evening events if you can, you know, if you have every once in a while social events in the evening, great. But notice when you get burnt out by doing too much out of the home in the evening. This is something as a cancer son, I feel this on a vi- on a visceral level. Like I I can't have more than one thing out of the home in the evening at night. It's just too stimulating and I feel it it starts to compound night overnight and I get really overwhelmed. So cancer, you know, limiting those outside events. Leo, because you have so much energy, you have all that fire in your chart, you have all of that creativity and energy has to go somewhere. So if you can ensure that you get some sort of workout in during the day, it will really impact your evening and using that workout to, to create, right? Whether it's, it's create flow in your life or even create some sort of project, right? Movement can be, it's, it's like, it's very stimulating and it, it, I think of when I think about Leo, I think often about the the energy needs to go somewhere. So why not put it into something that is positive? So a workout or just a walk, something that where the energy in your body goes somewhere. So that at the end of the night, it's not stuck. It's not frenetic in you where you're feeling like overly excited. <laughs> Virgo, Virgo, because they are so connected to the details and they have lots of things moving through their brain. A good brain dump at the end of the night can be super helpful for Virgo, even just a meditation to clear out thoughts before bed. I shouldn't say clear out thoughts, that's not possible. Just a meditation to notice those thoughts and then just let them pass by, teaching your brain not to fixate them so that Virgos can get deeper sleep and they're not having all of those thoughts move through the brain. Libra, Discipline yourself in your 
what you're doing for other people in the evening, okay? Like you might feel called to clean all of the floors in your house. (laughs) You might feel called to, you know, buy birthday presents for your mom in the evening. Love that. Sometimes you have to do those things. But if you can ensure that you're getting at least an hour just for you, Libras, at the end of the night, you're you're teaching yourself that you are just as important as everyone else because Libra loves to give. Libra, they're the people pleasers. They're the lovers. And so when they can love on themselves just as much as everybody else, it really makes a big difference. Scorpio. Scorpio is so powerful. And that power, that magic is is wildly transformative. And so Scorpio connecting to some, some sort of shadow work, Shadow work can be hard and can be kind of exhausting, but even just evaluating where did transformation happen in the day, looking back and saying like, wow, I did this. Like I made, I turned this into this. I turned this darkness into light. So it's kind of a review of the day for Scorpio where they, they notice that they're making an impact in the world. Scorpio is so powerful, but because that power comes with this responsibility, sometimes they can be hard on themselves. So Scorpio, just looking at your wins and saying, yeah, I did this. I transformed this. I, I went into the depths. I did the shadow work. I'm, I'm here now. A little journal work, Scorpios. Sagittarius, because Sagittarius is so connected to spirituality, is really wise. Doing some sort of spiritual practice before bed can be really helpful. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's just reading from a spiritual text. Um, maybe it's a little bit of meditation or even just dreaming of, or like daydreaming of something far away, right? Something that you can't see that you can't connect to. Sagittarius loves, loves freedom, but I think that spiritual practice is really helpful. Capricorn, similar to Scorpio, but sort of in a different sense, reviewing your day and assessing what choices you made that you're really proud of. So essentially like a gratitude practice, but because Capricorn loves to move into the future so quickly, giving yourself some time and space at the end of the night to say, look, I'm in the present. This is, this is what went well. This is what went well. I'm working hard on this. I'm, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate for a little bit. Um, and doing some journal work or just listing out the things you're grateful for. Capricorn uh, really allows you to be in the now, more magnetic in the now so that that future comes that much more easy. Aquarius, you know, alone time is very key for Aquarius. Even if you have a partner, you know, giving yourself just a little bit of time to re-energize alone. You know, there's there's quite a movement of people that are sleeping separately because of the, the sleep issue, wanting to have really quality sleep. Aquarius might be one of those people who benefit from sleeping alone. I don't necessarily recommend that. I don't have any thoughts on that, but just some sort of alone time in the evening is helpful for Aquarius. And then finally, Pisces. Pisces is the sign where rest is kind of it, right? Rest is so key for Pisces. Pisces, like Scorpio, you know, like Cancer has all this this water power and they need to refill in this dreamy way. They need to take time to rest. And so Pisces, if you feel called to go to bed at eight o'clock, go to bed at eight o'clock. You might really need that. Go to bed early and don't feel bad about it. Maybe you don't necessarily go to bed super early, but you're allowing your body to just sit, just be still, just be okay with slowness at the end of the night. And Pisces, you know, that's, that's 
really part of your superpower is that you connect to that intuition. You connect into that deeper self when you listen to the rest that you need, when you take time to be still. So those are my thoughts on, on all of the, the signs, friends, on just things you can do for your evening routine. Hopefully that's super helpful. If you want more of a specific to do, please reach out. I'd love to do a session together and we can, we can talk about that, but Evening routines, man, they are, I, I think they're the new morning routines. We'll see. Maybe you can do both. I mean, my morning routine is still happening. It's just a little bit truncated because I've been wanting to sleep in more. I've just been wanting more time to stay in that deep slumber <laughs> because it's not even light out in the morning. It's so, so dark. Um, so I, in the morning I do still wake up and I try to meditate most mornings. I'd say probably about half the time at this time I'm doing my meditation. So 20 minutes or so. Um, I'm trying to get my workouts in in the morning, either a walk outside or I've been doing um, these prenatal workouts that are just so hard right now, (laughs) but so key. And then, oh, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys about a morning routine is that I added in some lemon water in the morning. So either hot lemon water or just like lukewarm lemon water to aid with digestion because in my case, pregnancy slows digestion down a lot. But for everybody, it's the idea of like, we need to replenish our bodies with liquid right away in the morning. Like if you think about a plant, you have to water it. And in the whole night, we haven't been drinking water. You wake up and you need that water again. So lemon water is so helpful with digestion. And I notice a big difference. I don't even, I'm not as like needy for my coffee, my one cup of coffee, because I've had this like warm drink in the morning and it feels really good. So lemon water, meditation, movement, all in all, it takes maybe an hour Um, and I kind of sprinkle it in, like I'll do 20 minutes of workout, get the kids off to school and squeeze the meditation in and like, that's it. Hopefully you're able to get a little bit of that in as well. But if not, you've got your evening routine now, right? This is your new, your new shift. If you haven't been a morning person. All right, everybody, thanks for letting me ramble into the microphone on a Tuesday morning. I hope this is helpful. Please let me know. What are your morning routines? What are you doing or evening routines? Any of these things. Like, what are you doing to fill up your cup and what's working? If you have any great resources, other, you know, episodes or experts, people that we could have on the show to talk about this a little bit more, I would love to know. Always on the the lookout for that. And if you're not already on our email list, hop on there. You get a free guide, self-care guide for manifestation. More information on that in the show notes. And then our next event, Yoga Magic Community event, is Manifestation 101 on March 16th. And that's at 7 p.m. Central Time. So it's just a 45-minute get-together on Zoom. The last time we had about eh, 30 minutes or so of content and then like 15 minutes of of questions and discussion. So it's really engaged and hopefully allows you to think about self-care, cosmic self-care specifically. We'll talk about manifestation as it relates to self-care and like how these are really connected. Some of the basics of manifestation, just creating your list, going through your shadows. And then again, like how you take care of yourself in the process, because your vibe, your state is deeply connected to the things that you call in. It's going to be really fun. All right, everybody, that's all I got for you. Thanks again for tuning in. I will have our regular episode back on Thursday with my friends from the podcast Courageous Wellness. We'll be talking about the future of wellness, what it feels like right now, some shifts that we're excited about. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you on Thursday. 